in the same peace and in the same hope that has taken hold of your brothers and sisters in Christ across the country in Portland, I want to encourage you in the same peace that gives you an identity as a church and as a child of God, I want to encourage you to consider those who do not have peace and consider those who do not have hope. There's a lot of them in Aiken. And there's a lot of them in Portland. Consider your Savior, Jesus, who pursued after you while you were still a sinner to bring you peace and to bring you hope. Show people the heart of Jesus. The heart of peace that will never end and the heart of hope that will never put us to shame. Hello, Hope family. This is Pastor Borman here. This sermon podcast episode is a special one. It's special because this sermon was preached at a different church, at Peace Lutheran Church in Aiken, South Carolina. Our two churches in wildly different parts of the country are connected in a lot of ways. I invite you to listen in to the hope and the peace that we have in Jesus. Well, good morning again to you all. My name is Pastor Paul Borman. I'm privileged to serve as the Mission Restart Pastor of Hope Lutheran Church in Tigard, Oregon, and it is an absolute privilege to be with you all this morning. There are a bunch of reasons for that. First of all, it's a privilege to be preaching at my brother's church. This is a kind of cool thing. The pressure's on for me not to mess it up too bad while he's gone. (laughs) Second, it is a privilege for me to be here because I can finally say y'all again. (laughs) I grew up in Houston, Texas, and so the y'all is in my blood, but I don't get to use it too much in Portland, so I'm going to use it a lot while I'm here. Get ready for it. (laughs) More seriously, though, It's a privilege to be here because I don't know if many of you know this, but I was here for the first ever worship service of Peace Lutheran Church. As uh, as Pastor Jonathan was starting this church up, he asked me to come down for a month. And so at the very beginning here, I got to be here and I got to play guitar for worship and I got to hang 10,000 door flyers and I got to set up the chairs in the ballroom in the alley there and I got to take care of Eliana. That might have been the best part. I was here at the very beginning of peace, and I haven't been back until now. And so I want to take a moment before we dig into this text and just say, wow. Wow. I am so thankful for the work that God has done in his name at this church. And I'm so impressed. I'm impressed not only just because you guys have finished an impressive and awesome building project. I'm impressed not only because your numbers have grown. I'm impressed not only because your music is amazing. I'm impressed because of the people of faith that I see in front of me this morning. People who not only know about Jesus, but know Jesus' heart intimately. I'm so thankful for the work that God has done among you, and I'm so thankful for the work that God continues to do through you. I got to tell you, I love being connected to this church. 
And I got to share something else with you. That we're even more connected than that, that more connected than me just being here for the church, me being your pastor's little brother. A few months ago, Jonathan and I were having a casual conversation, and we discovered that the hearts of our church come from the same place. Peace Lutheran Church was named after the text that's up on the screen here in Romans chapter 5. And we discovered that Hope Lutheran Church in Tigard, Oregon is based on the very same text. And while we did not plan that, I'm going to tell you it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that our churches share the same heart. We're going to talk about that this morning. So let's revel in this text together as we get started from Romans chapter 5. Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. This is God's word. So why is it not a coincidence that our churches in two wildly different parts of the country share the same heart? I'm going, to beginning, I'm going to begin to answer that question by kind of addressing what might be the elephant in the room. Because I know what you know about Portland. I do. I know about the protests. I know about the crime. I know about the homelessness. I know about the drugs. I know about the general Portland weirdness. You can't live in Portland and not know about that stuff. I know that that Portland has been a national news story for the past year, and I know how, how many of you might be feeling about that. Yikes, right? Two things I have to say about that. First, we always have to be careful about boiling something down to its headlines. And, and also another thing that I'll say is that as scary and as frightening as a headline might be, oftentimes a lot more scary and frightening are the underlying struggles that caused the headline. And that's something that I want to dig in with you this, this morning. Those underlying struggles that are common to all of us. So I'll talk about Portland for a second, then we'll talk about Aiken a little bit, and we'll find the hearts of our churches here. Portland is a city of transplants. There are not many native Oregonians in Portland. We've come from all over the country, from places where we were feeling maybe disconnected or discontented with where we at, and we came to Portland for utopia. 
It's the place where we take life easy. It's the place where we come to retire at 30. And we've gotten close to that. We come there to enjoy the Pacific Northwest, the beauty of the mountains and the trees. We come to Portland to relax and live life exactly how we want to live life. But I'll tell you something else that is majorly important to the heart of most every Portlander. It's the desire to do good and to be good as a basic human being. And I know that desire is everywhere, but I think it's particularly strong in Portland that we have an increasingly strong desire to be environmentally responsible and increasingly strong desire to be socially equitable and inclusive and and diverse and increasing desire to be a better human being every single day. Let me tell you, those things by themselves aren't bad, but when you put them all together, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with waking up every morning and having those pressures weighing on your heart that you have to be these things every single day. I'll tell you what the result is. This is where we're starting to get into those underlying struggles that the people I serve and the people I reach out to are facing. The result of that kind of pressure is that the number one thing in our hearts is not leisure and relaxation. It's not emotional and social freedom. It's not utopia. It's, it's fear and anxiety and guilt and shame about our past mistakes about being found out, about not being enough, about not being able to comply with the values of the city around. Maybe you didn't know the stat about the Portland metro area. We are one of the top five most anxious and most depressed areas in the country. The place that, in theory and on paper, should have been one of the best places in the country and in the world to pursue a happy, healthy, and wealthy life is actually one of the worst places to do that, statistically. Now, I want to ask you Aikonites, I I don't live among you anymore. I was here for a month, seven years ago, but you'll have to answer this for me. Do any of these things that I'm talking about here sound familiar to you? these guilts of our past mistakes, the lonelinesses of our present not being able to connect with each other, the anxieties about what the future is going to bring. Is this something that sounds familiar to your life or to the life of a loved one or to Aconites in general? I'm guessing that it is. Because it's common to people Everywhere. Doesn't matter if you're in Aiken or in Portland. We deal with those struggles. And we know why that is. I know that you know why that is. It's not because of politics, it's not because of geography or protests, it's because of sin. 
It's because of the sin that worms its way into our hearts and lives and starts preaching lies right into us. Lies about how we should feel about ourselves because of our past actions. Lies about how we should relate to people in the present. Lies about how our future is going to turn out. Lies that we believe right down into the core of our being. Lies that create all kinds of evil things in us. It's not a coincidence that our churches in wildly different parts of the country share the same heart. We are dealing with the same struggles. We are dealing with the same sin, but y'all, we have the same solution. We have the same Jesus who gave us the same gift of forgiveness and salvation. How do you live in peace? How do you live at peace with God? How do you live in hope with Jesus? The Apostle Paul tells us about it. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We have peace with God because Jesus has given us a place to stand before him. We can be rid of our shame and we can be rid of our anxiety because since Jesus has risen from the dead, our future is certain in heaven. Our shames are as far away from us as east is from west. It comes to us by faith. We call that grace. That is where we stand. That is how we live at peace no matter what is going on around us. I love being connected to this church because I know that you live at peace like that. Even though you have that kind of chaos in your life and in your heart, You live at peace with God because Jesus has given you a place to stand through faith. I love being connected to that peace, and so I want to connect you to hope as well. I want to connect you to my church in Tigard, Oregon. We're called Hope Lutheran Church, and I want to tell you the story of my church because I think it's the story of hope, and I think it's the story of each one of us. Paul describes what hope is like. He describes hope as being what happens when somebody who lives at peace in their heart, someone who is a Christian and trusts Jesus, when someone like that goes through the spiritual ringer, when someone goes through hardship and suffering, Paul says that a person at peace, when they experience suffering, it produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. So listen to that story of hope as I tell you the story of my church. Up until a few months ago, the name of my church was not Hope Lutheran Church. It was called Gethsemane Lutheran Church. And Gethsemane has been a part of Tigard for almost 60 years. In the 1960s, there was, a church, there was a pastor who gathered Christians around himself and they worshipped in his home until they were ready to put a church down on a piece of property. 
And God blessed that church. And it grew and it grew and it served thousands of people over the years. And it brought so much peace to people. But then for this, that, and the other reason the church began to dwindle in size and the church's building itself started to show its age. And in the, around 2015-ish, there was an appraisal done of the building and we found that there were about $700,000 of repairs that needed to be done. And that's hard. Because a group of 35 people can't really come up with funds for that. Maybe you understand that feeling of being stuck. And then something harder happened. There is a split in the church where, where over, over half of the people in the church left and lost their faith. And that hurt worse. As people that the members loved and cared about walked away from their faith. And so a group of about 15 people had a big decision to make. They had a meeting and they realized we can't fix our building and we can't support our pastor. What are we going to do? And I tell you, they could have folded up the cards, they could have sold the building and given, it, given the money away to a good cause, but they didn't make that choice. They did choose to sell the building. And that was hard. This place that had been the place of so much spiritual and physical life, a place that had been a safe place and a sanctuary, a place for weddings and funerals and baptisms and confirmations, a place for friendship and love, this place, they they chose to sell it. And I know that sounds so hard, but here's the reason I'm telling you this story. They chose to sell that church building so that they could start new, start a new church They chose to sell their church building because they could not bear for the city of Tigard and the city of Portland to not know Jesus as he truly is. They could not bear for people to not have peace and to not have hope. Again, I'm not telling you this story so that you should feel bad about what happened in Tigard. I'm telling you this story so that I can brag on my people a little bit and the hope that they have in Jesus. And I'm telling you this story because I think that it's the story of each one of us. A story of hope in Jesus. Every single one of us has been in a spiritual muck like that. Dragged down by doubt and fear and anxiety. And in that situation, we have all been able to see, we've been able to taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm telling you this story so that you can rejoice with me at the way that God uses suffering to grow us. To grow our confidence that God cannot and will not break his promises. And so we stand in our peace and we stand in our hope. Y'all, it's not a coincidence that our churches have the same heart. We have the same struggles. They're caused by the same sin. We live in the same world, and we have the same Savior. 
we have the same forgiveness. We have the same place to stand in Jesus. And he comes through us through the same word and the same sacraments. It's my privilege to be with you today and share a story of hope. It's our story in Jesus. And I want to encourage you as well. In the same peace and in the same hope that has taken hold of your brothers and sisters in Christ across the country in Portland, I want to encourage you in the same peace that gives you an identity as a church and as a child of God, I want to encourage you to consider those who do not have peace. And consider those who do not have hope. There's a lot of them in Aiken. And there's a lot of them in Portland. Consider your Savior, Jesus, who pursued after you while you were still a sinner to bring you peace and to bring you hope. Show people the heart of Jesus, the heart of peace that will never end, and the heart of hope that will never put us to shame. Amen.